0: This is Camel Call Friday. My name is Chris Haymeyer. Thank you for joining us. It's our second season, and if you don't know, this is your place for everything Campbell Athletics every week, every Friday during the season. Coming up later in the show, Evan Budrovich and I, like we do every week, will give you a preview and breakdown of what's happening. We will get you set for our fall sports as we get started here in the 2023-24 season, Campbell's first in the CAA. But first, we will have interviews with our two head soccer coaches, and this will be the format for this Camel Call Friday show as the season goes on. We will front load any interviews we have for easy access, so you can come back and listen to them as the season goes on. Our first guest is Campbell Headman soccer coach Dustin Fonder. The four-time Big South Coach of the Year has built this successful program traditionally into a consistent champion. Six trophies and three NCAA tournament appearances for his men's team since 2018. His team will take on Davidson at home this Sunday at 7. Nine years, Coach. When you think back of everything that you've done and put into this place in nearly a decade to build it into a consistent winner, what did it take? How'd you do it? It took a lot of
1: help of a lot of people. Um, you know, I think Bob Roller hired me. I'm really grateful for the day he did that because not only he hired me, but he invested in our program. And I think when you get that type of investment from the university to to be good at something, and you know they have your back, it's easier to to turn something from where it was to get it to hopefully where it is today.
0: What were the key things with that support that that you had to to, to do to, to get guys to come here and, and believe in this place? I think one of the first things we did is uh, I was
1: fortunate to make some good hires, and I hired some really good assistant coaches that helped get the type of players and people we needed here to be successful. Uh, we've continued that with, uh, as we've turned over assistants, we've been able to get new systems that have been up to par as well. Um, the second phase of that was facility enhancement. We redid our locker room. We redid our building, our conference room. We added a stadium, a scoreboard. Um, just just some really nice things that when you show a recruit, you can really be proud of the place.
0: You have accomplished a lot. There's a lot of trophies, as I talked about in the intro. Are there one or two or a handful of things that you're most proud of when you look over your tenure here?
1: I think... Um, the 2019 team was special because that was a culmination of a couple years in the building and, and to to be so uh well respected nationally that year and to have the year we had, that was a really special group. But then, you know, we turn around and had to go through some tough times in COVID. We come out of COVID and we win a double again with a totally different team. And that was that was equally special because we did it with two different groups to show we can
0: sustain the success. You have a unbelievable, as you say, assistance with recruiting, your success in recruiting. And it's really been about half and half. You know, you have domestic guys from all over the place. You have recruiting grounds in in Texas and, and all over the United States. Let's first talk about domestically. What has been your secret? What do you do? What do you tell guys to get them to come here and play for you?
1: Yeah, our philosophy starts locally. We'd like to get kids from North Carolina first and foremost, um, but we're not going to get every kid in North Carolina because th- we're saturated with a lot of great schools around us. Um, but we put our name in the hat for some of the best North Carolina kids every year. Um, then we expand to nationally from there. Um, we, we do have a hot pocket in Texas. We think Texas youth soccer is really good. And uh, the Dallas-Houston areas in particular just are overflowing with players. So we try to go in there and, and pull some of the top talent. And then what we're not able to fill uh, locally and nationally, then we'll go internationally to fill the Final pieces, and you know we've, as you've seen in past years, we've had guys from Ghana, we've had guys from France, we've had guys from Germany, England, um, Spain. So we feel like we, you know, we've canvassed the world to try to get the best kids to come here. And what we sell them on to get them here is actually, there's no distractions. Um, if you wanna advance your career uh, academically or maybe as a professional player, this is a great place to spend four years because you can focus on academics and focus on your sport without the distractions of a, of a major city or, or, or things like that.
0: And you lived up to your promise to these guys. There are a bunch of guys all around the world that are that are playing professionally now, including here in the United States. How proud does it make you and the staff feel?
1: It's awesome. I mean, it's really it's awesome. You know, that's why we're we're, we got our first pro wall going up. We've we've just framed a couple jerseys and hung them up, and we got many more to to add to that list. But uh, we want guys to be able to come back to Campbell and know this is where they started. And this was the springboard to their pro career. Um, And we want our current players to see those jerseys on the wall to have something to aspire to.
0: You've dominated the Big South over this past half decade. Now you go into the CAA, which is a very different conference. For those that aren't familiar with CAA soccer, tell everybody what you're going to get into.
1: The CAA is, is a unique conference. It's, that's such a big footprint. It goes from Boston all the way down to Charleston, South Carolina. Um, you know, The biggest challenge for us is going to be how we handle that travel. Um, when you play away games in Long Island and Boston and uh, New Jersey, Philadelphia, we, that's tough on the guys. We have to learn how to travel, how to rest and recover after those type, type of trips when you come back home and are fortunate enough to get a home game. But uh, CAA in a nutshell... Top level soccer. Uh, they really, it's a tier one sport for most of those schools, um, and they treat it that way. Hofstra's been in many NCAA tournaments. Wilmington's been in many NCAA tournaments. Elon, and to, just to name a few. So we know we're going into a conference from top to bottom that is loaded.
0: And not only loaded, but it is a two bid league most times, isn't it?
1: Yeah, fortunately, there's enough teams that play good schedules in the CAA where um, if you can have a good regular season, you don't have to win the tournament. Sometimes you can get in on your own merits and at-large. Use last year, uh, for example, Hofstra won the tournament and got the automatic bid, and then Elon got the at-large. So it was good to see two teams make it out of the CAA.
0: You were familiar with some of those teams, as we talked about. You've been playing Elon and UNCW non-conference-wise uh, year in and year out. Do you have a, a little bit of advantage because you you really know what to expect? I think for the Southern teams, we're well we're well aware of what they have, what an
1: Elon's like, what a Wilmington's like, what a Charleston's like, William & Mary. We've seen those teams over the years because they're in our region. The biggest thing for us is we're going to play teams like Hofstra, Northeastern, Stony Brook, uh, Drexel, who we've never played. And so the unknown is going to, you know, we're going to get to see them on film and hopefully get know a little bit about them. But until you travel to a place and see the locker room and see the field and experience it, it's going to be tough going there the first time.
0: You have a tough non-conference schedule this year. Tell us about the uh, the amazing competition you'll play, including uh, some big names coming right here to EECS. Yeah, right out of the gate, we've got South Carolina Gamecocks. You know, we also play Davidson. We also play Old
1: Dominion, Virginia Commonwealth, uh, Wake Forest University. So some top, top soccer schools. Um, and so we're excited for the challenge, but we know every one of those games is, is going to feel like a final.
0: You've had an old team that it feels like forever, and they racked up a lot of trophies. You had guys that have been starters for you three, four, five years. You're young but talented. Give us a, a rundown about what we're going to see out there with your team this year.
1: Yeah, we kind of have the expectation that we don't ever want to rebuild here. We want to reload, and so we're in one of those reloading moments. Um, like you said, we are young, so we're going to be naive and inexperienced at times, but we are talented, so it's a matter of our coaching staff trying to get everybody on the same page, and the quicker we can do that, the more success we'll have
0: been here for nine years you you see what where your little kids grow up and that give us an update on your family and how everybody's doing Yeah. My daughter
1: starts high school, believe it or not, which, you know, when I came here, I think she
0: was, uh, she'd come give me
1: a big hug after the game and she was a little one, but, uh, she's growing up. My, my son, I took him to his first soccer practice last night. He's in the U8 Academy over at Wake FC. And so he's doing well and he's taken to the sport. So that's, that's always exciting. Um, my wife's doing great. She's, uh, still working as occupational therapist here locally. And we've started a little cafe, the doglet cafe here on campus. So we're keeping ourselves busy with that. So, uh, Fun times, and, and the family's doing well. Thanks for asking.
0: Thank you so much, Coach, and good luck this season. Thank you. All the best. Campbell's head women's soccer coach, Jeff Gross, is in his second year at the helm of the Camels. Last year, he guided the Camels to a regular season title, and his team this year, already three games deep, one win, one loss, one tie on the season, after a thrilling win over Radford in the final minute of play here at home in Buies Creek on Wednesday night. Jeff, we'll start off with what was a thrilling game last night. Tell me about the 2-1 victory where you were tied in the final five minutes and then won it in the final minute of the game.
2: Yeah, you know, you and I have talked about this before, how quickly we go from the first day to playing games and – You know, the first three or four games that the team's trying to find themselves and each year it's a new team. So and this group in particular, after graduating 10 seniors, they're fighting to find their identity. Uh, I think we fumbled around a little bit in a high point game. We played a really good ODU team and didn't quite play to what we were capable of. So last night we just talked about being in the fight right away. I thought they did a fantastic job. I mean, we, we played some good soccer in the beginning, and then we played some scrappy, fight-it-out soccer at the end. And, you know, Amber's been coming on as a leader in the team, um, so it's not a surprise that she had an assist, and it's not a surprise she scored that goal. Um, you know, the PK I, I thought was just, and I, you can't even blame who got the handball because she was running to block a shot, which is what we talk about all the time. And then when the goal got scored, I was curious how our team was going to respond. And they responded quite well. And I thought they kept their wits about them towards the end. And the goal itself was stuff we train on. We we create a, what we call a knockdown area. And we won the knockdown area on the shot that scored the goal. So they've been working hard. And I think they deserve that.
0: You talk about how quickly you get into things. You've challenged yourself with the schedule. You mentioned ODU. but. This your first year out of the Big South Conference, and you put on your schedule two of the best teams in the Big South Conference. That wasn't by accident. Why did you challenge yourself with that?
2: Well, I think you know the the, the CAA is going to be daunting from beginning to end, and it's going to be every year that way. And you know, I don't. I think you have to play good teams to be ready for better teams, and. You know, the High Point game is a meaningful game for Campbell versus High Point. I mean, it's a rivalry the last few years, right? So let's play a game that's meaningful right away and get into the emotion of it right away. Um, ODU, she's been with that program for 10 years. So they have their methods well carved out. So we played a very good team. And and it showed our team that you're going to have to be better at the things we're doing to play against those teams. I mean, if ODU was in the CAA still, I think they're top two right now. You know, Radford, I think is Ben's always done a good job with Radford. He's been there 28 years and he's won several championships. So you're going to play a good team who's up for the fight all the time. And and again, a little bit of a rivalry game. So it it pushes the emotions up and then you you just have to play day in and day out every game. And ECU is going to be another good one. So this is all preparation for the CAA. And, you know, there's some of my colleagues will schedule wins. Um, I think you got to go play good teams and you you fight it out all the time and that's how you get better and we're going to do that the next three years. We've got ACC opponents coming here. We're going to ACC opponents like we're going to go test ourselves every non-conference game possible.
0: You mentioned it and I will too. You have East Carolina coming in this Sunday at three o'clock next Sunday. You take on Davidson at 2 o'clock, and then you go right into the CAA. We'll talk about the first daunting road trip you have, but give us a sense of the CAA Women's Soccer Conference. I know it's great from top to bottom. Who are the teams at the top?
2: Yeah, traditionally, I mean, Hofstra has uh, won the regular season or the tournament like the last, I think, five out of six years. Wow. Um, and they've been at it for a long time. Simon's been there for 20-plus years. He's competed in the NCAA tournament. He's had them in the top 25. So they're traditionally very good. Northeastern's going to be very good. Uh, Monmouth came in in their first year in the CAA and won the regular season. So you're up against a good team there. Uh, Drexel's always sneaky good. Um, Towson probably has the best team they've had yet. Uh, Julie Shackford at William Mary does a really good job, and I, I expect they're going to continue to get better. So it's pretty nonstop. And, you know, I probably can't – I mean, Wilmington won the regular season yeah. two years ago. So, you know, you're, you're playing good teams year in and year out. And, you know, our goal, I think, in time will be to try to get to the top three pretty consistently.
0: We've talked before about how not only for individual programs like yours but the entire athletic department – the CAA, especially when you think about where this conference is going to be uh, in 10 years and where other conferences are going to be, is a is a very good thing for this athletic department and this, the university. In a very micro sense of things, the maybe drawbacks of it you're going to see here in two weeks after you play back-to-back Sundays at home, you go for your first CAA games on the road to Stony Brook and Hofstra. You're familiar with that era. Some people that are listening right now are not. It's in Long Island. Mm -hmm. So you get to Manhattan and you take a right. There's a lot there. There's a lot of good schools. Tell me about the travel challenges and just what that Thursday, Sunday Long Island trip is going to look like for you and your student athletes.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be enjoyable. First of all, I think the players are excited to do that type of traveling. Um, What we've tried to do is get ahead of it. Um, You know, We have a nutritionist at our beckon, if you will. The probably the wrong word there, but um, we, we've had the team meet with the nutritionist about habits, uh, nutritional habits, what, you know, drinking water consistently, fueling yourself throughout the day, because I think when you get on a plane, your habits have to be in the right place before you get on the plane, because when you get on the plane, it's going to steal water from you, and, and then you got to get off the plane, and then you got to kind of get back into your routine. So we've been trying to get ahead of it, just trying to prepare the players to be have the correct habits all the time and how they take care of themselves. And this group's really responsible, so they'll do that. You know, the other one is really just getting the logistics right. You know, you're, you're yeah. packing all your stuff in a different <laughs> way now to get it where you got to go. We have electronics and we have equipment and we have, you know, it's a five-day trip and the players have to pack. So we've been ahead of that too. We've been preparing our to-do list and how we're going to pack and what we got to bring and all that stuff. And then I think, you know, I'm, I'm bringing everybody on that trip because when you play two games in a weekend, you know, we have 24 on the roster. I, you know, I, I think you, Stony Brook's going to be stubborn on Thursday and Hofstra's good. And, and you're going to have to be ready to have all your players available for all of that, I think. And I've been preparing the team that way. We've been playing quite a bit of them to try to see who, who's up for it. And I think they're responding pretty well to it. So we're excited for the trip. I mean, it, I think it's good to play Hofstra early. Because then you get to see the standard of yeah. of the conference. And Stony Brook, uh, Toby's done a really good job there. And they're going to be stubborn to play at their place. So you're going to have to be up for both games.
0: That's a trip where you leave on Wednesday. You play Thursday and Sunday. You come back on Sunday. Where are you flying into?
2: We are flying into JFK. OK. Uh, we looked at JFK. We looked at LaGuardia. We looked at uh, Newark, actually. And we looked at uh, Islip. And JFK seemed to be the one that made that'll help because you're
0: on the right side of uh, of Manhattan if you're trying to get to yeah. <laughs> if you're trying to
2: get to Long Island and it's a quick trip from Hofstra to yeah. the airport, which is you know we play at one and the flight is pretty quickly after we're done, <laughs> so we got some logistical challenges to get to the airport after the second game.
0: Yeah, you made a you made an interesting point because as I get older. Travel and airports and buses or that, I look at it as the, man, I'm going to be away from home and my family for four or for five days and I'm going to be in a busy part of the country. But I guess, and you made a thing, the, the student athletes are excited because, heck yeah, instead of going, no offense, to, to Clinton, South Carolina for a weekend, they're going to New York City. I know it's a business trip, but, but there still will be some things mixed in there that, that, that really adds to the experience.
2: I think so. I mean, you know, Long Island has a tremendous amount of beaches. Yeah. It's a really cool ocean. Yeah. I lived in Long Beach, which is a great little beach town. Uh, I lived there for 5 years. So, I actually want to take the players to some of the beach towns yeah. and let them experience that and the, the Long Island Sound is a pretty cool and beautiful place, you know, that I'd like the players to see some of that. So, we're going to we're going to fit in some stuff, but uh, you know, knowing this group, they're not going to want to do too much of that stuff. They are there for the games. That's yeah. what I love about this group.
0: Last year, you came into a team, as you mentioned, a very veteran team. You helped guide them to uh, a regular season championship. What is different about last year's team and you than uh, this year's team, than last year's team, um, just a year? I would would say a lot.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's some changes in the personnel, but the... You know the tradition the culture the environment's the same you know you, you know the Samar did a wonderful job building this program in, in her time here and my my job is just to continue that right and last year that team had its identity already so my goal was to not change too much help them keep the identity make them a bit more efficient and a couple things which i think we did by the end of the year but then you graduate 10 seniors right and now you're in essence you're starting over but the tradition the culture the attitude the determination the resilience the want to be good has remained exactly the same and now you have the returners were role players last year and now they have to figure out how to become prominent in the team and not only figure out how to become prominent when we perform but they also have to like bring the young people along so it's been a good challenge for them and i think they're embracing it quite well so not too much has changed in terms of the environment it's just the personnel changed and it just gives these kids a chance to prove themselves and show everybody who their identity is
0: last year your first year as a head coach here of course you're not a 25 year old that's doing their first division one thing you have a lot of division one experience you have a lot of head coaching experience when it comes to professional and and the developmental level so you are an experienced dude but it's different when it's your old program, you're you're the head coach at, at this level. What did you learn and how have you changed from last year to this year?
2: Wow, that's a great question, Chris. Um, you know, it is different when, when everything starts and ends with you. Um, and no matter how good your staff is, and my staff is great, no matter how great the players are and they're great, there's – A lot of things that happen out of sight that you have to take care of just to get the players into the right place to be able to perform and you know we've had some changes here in the department and and for the better i think in a lot of ways but changes it takes a little minute right and so we're all kind of pitching in on how to work through this transition and try to figure those things out How, how have i evolved um actually i find myself just being calmer—that's my goal all the time—is just be calmer all the time, um, without losing my passion or my, you know, my fight or the little chip on my shoulder I have sometimes. Um, this one I've had to be just a hair more patient, just because I know this group will get it right, but it's just going to take time because of what I just said. You have the the returners are they're un, they're trying to figure out how they need to lead, and then they have the youngsters that they have to educate. So I have to help them work through all of that and just try to stay a bit more patient while they're working through that process. So not much has changed, to be honest with you, Chris. I've, I think I've got a good head on my shoulders. I, I surround myself with good people. Uh, good people challenge me, so I'm always trying to get better. So not much has changed. It's just trying to stay calmer and just being a bit more patient, this particular group, because they work at it, and then it's easy to be patient with them.
0: He is women's soccer coach Jeff Gross. His team will be taking on East Carolina at home this Sunday at 3. We'd love to see you come out. Admission is free. It is on Flow Sports if you can't make it. Jeff, thank you so much for spending time.
2: You're welcome, Chris. Thank you. Roll humps.
0: Welcome back to Camel Call Friday. So those of you who are new, maybe some curious CAA fans, maybe some new Camel fans, I'm Chris Heymeyer. He is Evan Budrovich. I'm starting my 13th season here at Campbell, so it has been a lot of fun. I was the director of broadcasting and digital media for a long time. Play by play here the entire time the Campbell was back in the Big South. 12 years, 13 seasons, as Evan is across from me trying to add up there. So I have seen the entire, what we're calling the golden era here of Campbell Athletics. I still do play by play, but in the senior associate, AD for external as well. And Evan has been here almost as long as I have. I was literally pulling up my stuff. fingers yeah, to count you, how long you thought I've been I was here. Wrong when, yeah, you, you thought I was wrong too when I said 13, and you kind of look back like, that's a long time, I'm like, man. wait, I started
3: in 15 as an intern and then was yeah. full-time in 16. So let's say my eighth full season, ninth yeah. year at Campbell. Yeah, It's kind of like the red shirt. I get my red shirt uh, year. But no, I, I moved over to the university side now. I, I handle the social media and online marketing for the university. I started out as the broadcast and digital media intern. Yeah. Was I believe the first title of that role? Yeah, under the great Bill Priestley and then yourself in that role back in the McKay House. Yep, I know you're still in the McKay House, but your whole media team has moved to the arena. So congratulations on that.
0: Right, right. They have. Uh, we have a whole creative department now. It used to be um, me and Bill and Evan. And uh, Evan is. Uh, is being a little bit humble right now. He, he came in truly and uh, and really transformed what we did social media-wise, digital media-wise. Obviously, he's an um, elite broadcaster as well. So he was all everything in helping when this university and athletic department really started to win and change. He was right there to change things into who they are today. Me and Evan worked together side-by-side side for, for a long, long time. And now this is fun because... We obviously see each other a lot, but this is kind of the time when we talk every week and it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Speaking of, we got to talk about your summer vacation as you had one of the coolest trips ever which, with your fiancé and your family uh, this summer.
3: So both the Budgervich clan are my brother and I's fiancé's, both getting married next year, within a month of each other, by Are the way. you really? So it's just hectic <laughs> and all that. We, went, we started in Croatia, my homeland, where my father's grandparents were from. We spent a week in Split, Dubrovnik, the two big coastal cities, and then rented a boat and traveled up and down little islands, including Var and Vis, and kind of paraded down the coastline for a week. So just imagine clear skies, crystal blue ocean, like it's that European, you can look into the sea and yeah. see the fish swimming, like it's super clear seas all the Italian pizza and pasta you could want. Like the the cuisine is fish and pasta. And it's just your stomach loves it because it's not processed cheese and it's healthy, but it's just delicious. The second week Jen and I went more romantic. We went to London for four days. Yeah. The tower the, the London Tower, the eye, the, the whole tour, and then went to Paris for, I guess, three days on the back end and visited with one of our former interns, Baptiste Tejan and his girlfriend out in, in Paris we went to the French Open for the final day, so you combine the sports element, kind of the Campbell connection, see the homeland, and go visit the coast while we're there.
0: And that is that is
3: like the best
0: European vacation ever. You could have backpacked around when you got out, but it's it's nice going with family and having a little money in your pocket too, isn't it? Oh man, that's uh, that's awesome. Also, Evan, also being modest, you have noticed he has not been in. As many of our broadcasts as well, um, he has really a, a full slate of ACC games. You did you did a game for every ACC team in the state last year, including your stuff for ECU, and you're you're doing a lot for for all those schools this year.
3: A lot of that returns, yeah. All four triangle schools uh, plus Wake Forest. It, it's crazy because you think about where we were launching the ESPN yeah. Plus package, you know, five years ago when the Big South Network kind of was converted and we're integrating new graphics and we're doing the cutouts and we're learning about how to build the PC logo and fit it in to fit with the Campbell logo. And now with flow sports, it's that same process, you know, yeah. and I'm, I'm proud to see what students like Alec Turlington and students that have built this program, Lendl Suggs, who works with us on a lot of streams and what they've done to turn the stream now into kind of a working cog. And obviously Nate Owens, who's in the it department, he's a part of that. And Will Lasseter that are both full-time, they help, a large deal but seeing the interns we had eight years ago who didn't know how to tie their shoes to now interns that <laughs> yeah. can kind of run the show with some help and guidance like that growth's been incredible
0: yeah it's been awesome and we should fill you all in we we warned you about it last year but with the move to the caa the caa has their media contract with cbs sports and then flow sports it's for a lot more money um we get about three times the amount to help uh, and, pay for and our streams it's
3: not just that yeah it's the national exposure College basketball, yeah. there's probably quadruple the amount of games on CBS Sports or even CBS. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot – and I realize it won't be Campbell in all those games, but the conference, as opposed to getting, what, six ESPNU wild card games? Yeah. I think it's over 20 games of basketball. So that's a lot of coverage, and I get it. It's one sport specifically, but that's a big market, and there's good basketball in this league. Yeah,
0: no doubt. And if you want to see um, any of Campbell's home streams, which uh – A lot of the sports and every football, men's basketball, women's basketball game uh, will be on Flow Sports and then um, all the other stuff on Flow. And then when they are streamed on the road in the CA, that'll also be on Flow. The price, the same as it would be if you're doing your ESPN Plus subscription. If you follow the links through gocamels.com and anywhere there's a watch link, schedule page, top of the page, it will bring you to a specific link. Um, that will give you a discounted rate $99 for the whole year 12.99 per month it has an app as well so you can watch the same way it's just on a on a different spot
3: and the best part just buy it now and then for the whole sports year you have it right and you renew every August or September you literally get the same amount of content you did in the years past maybe you don't get to watch every Duke game on the side but there's a lot of flow sports there's a lot of random like wrestling and swimming and track so there's some things to it that are interesting, too.
0: Yeah, there's uh, the, there's no doubt. So the first flow broadcast uh, this week with soccer. And, and speaking of, segue right into the women's soccer team. We had our guest earlier in the show, head coach Jeff Gross. And he's challenged himself early. Three very tough games, two on the road. And they're 1-1-1, one, one and one, including tying high point. And then, as we, we talked about a lot with Jeff earlier in the show, that a thrilling win against Radford.
3: We have four points in the Big South standings. Sorry, I mean, uh, went one zero and one against the Big South competition. <laughs> That's still going to take me a minute to get used to. No doubt. You know, thinking about a decade plus when the move from the A-Sun to the Big South and you build these rivalries. Now the Wilmington and the Elon and the William Mary aspect. But for this first two weeks, you kind of get a taste of what life was like in the Big South. Now there's new patches and obviously new camels. If you've watched any of the games, you've seen the new logos. So that's the change, but it is nice to face our old friends for a minute.
0: We also had on the show men's soccer head coach Dustin Fonder. We talked about he how he's going into a very good league, especially the top third of this league is very very good he's challenging himself as well south carolina yes they're sec but i believe big 12 in in, in men's soccer yeah
3: they don't have a lot of sec schools in yeah
0: soccer. yeah so that's a big thing we taped this on thursday they will have played them um thursday night at seven but they'll be back it's a men's women's double header three o'clock for the women on sunday Seven o'clock on Sunday night against Davidson for the Who men that'll be on the Who also changed flow. their logo
3: this year? Did they? Both schools have renovated, or I guess updated their logos. Yeah. all summer.
0: So the uh, the cartoon looking wildcat the is the old gone.
3: PFL rivalry, the Colin Gary fifty yard winner <laughs> of the cats and the camels. But they're they both revamped. So check out their logos; they're pretty neat.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a deep cut. Any new Campbell fans have no idea what you're talking about, but um, I'm I'm right there with you. Is Davidson and Campbell were in the same football conference when Campbell was a non-scholarship FCS school. Yes, that exists. Yes, the Pioneer Football League still exists. Can you believe that was only seven years ago? I really can't. That wasn't that
3: long ago in the grand scheme of things. No doubt. There probably are seniors that are redshirt on the football team that were a part of this process. (laughs) We checked. (laughs) There aren't. But there could theoretically be a seventh-year senior somewhere.
0: Some of the uh, seven- and eight-year seniors we had because of COVID. The uh, the, the men's soccer team, they will roll right into after uh, these two home games here. They'll have a week where they will take on next Saturday, September 2nd, they will take on Delaware. That will be the first Campbell- of any sport CAA contest as they take Delaware in. We won't have any uh, TV coverage of that, but it'll be uh, radio coverage for free on the Varsity Network where you can find all the rest of our radio coverage as well so it will be very interesting to see how the how the men do of course both of our soccer teams uh, winning trophies over the last couple years but in a lot tougher competition now
3: yeah and that conference Hofstra the reigning champ on the men's side Elon's really good Campbell's right in that UNCW Elon they'll be in the top three or four when the season ends And, and that's the best part right you elevate a league and especially in that sport Campbell is good enough to win that league that is not you're picked 10th. You're picked 11th. Like yeah. they are right in the hunt to win the CA soccer.
0: Yeah, and and what's going to be interesting for us, and we'll try to educate your fans as we get educated. From what I have seen so far, and again, ask me in a month, and I may you know be able to tell you something different. In the Big South, Campbell's entire team in the Big South, it usually was there were a couple teams that spent more money than anybody else, that were better organized than anybody else, and they won. In practically everything. Liberty and Coastal did that. They got out of the league. Campbell, High Point, Winthrop for a time came into that. It seems like in the CAA, and granted there's 14 teams, there are not a couple of programs that are great in everything. It seems like everybody has their strengths, has their weaknesses, has some teams in the middle. And so that will be very interesting to see, hey, what does it mean when Delaware comes to town? Will that consistently mean we get a good team. I don't know the answer to that right now. I just know everybody is leveling up because look. In all
3: four fall sports, four different champions. Right. You think in the Big South, High Point won three postseason, Campbell won three regular season. Yeah. So it was two schools that, that were the pillars of that league, and you could insert, okay, in this sport it's this team, in this sport it's Campbell, High Point, Campbell. In this league it's all 15 with Bryant joining the league, could win a title in some sport.
0: Yeah. Men's soccer, women's soccer, volleyball, remember last year, they all won the regular season at the Big South. None of those teams were picked in the top three. Men's soccer was picked fourth, and, and our volleyball team, it will be really interesting to see what they do. Boy, they have a lot of fun. It starts today. Their season starts today. They will be in Boulder, Colorado, just outside of Denver to take on the University of Colorado. Big 12, Pack. 12, now back to the, yeah, 12. we'll have to talk a little bit about that another time as you've been able to do it. You, of course, from Los Angeles and a uh, Southern Cal grad, but they'll go out there, challenge themselves. You'll be able to see them. I believe it's a free stream uh, when they play Colorado that Saturday at eight o'clock Eastern, six o'clock mountain time. And then they will take on UNLV too. Does
3: Dion come into the game? I don't know if Dion's a big volleyball fan, but I know he's the the king of Boulder, Colorado right now.
0: There's no doubt. Um, yeah, that, that that's right. I was like, "What Dion are you talking?" about? Oh, that 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 Dion. So their uh, their football coach probably will not be at the volleyball match, but you but you never never know. But he'll have an entire camera crew around him where so, wherever. So to he your is.
3: point about the CA, just looking it up from last yep. year, of the 14 schools, 11 won a conference championship. 11. Wow. And that means anybody can win anything. Yeah. Now, a Hampton not included in the 11 of the 14, but clearly there's a tier of, in any sport, you can win it. William & Mary goes undefeated after finishing in the bottom of the league the year before. Yeah, There's a lot of room for mobility in, in, in any sport.
0: Yeah, it will be really, really interesting interesting to see and sort of figure out this conference. So volleyball on the road. The weekend after, they'll be at the ECU tournament Uh, you'll be able to see that match uh, at East Carolina. And then they finally come home on September 5th to take on NC Central, and then they will compete in the Fairfield Inn and Suites. Dunn-Campbell Invitational as they'll be at home September 8th and 9th. Football, a lot of the same deal. So we do know a little bit more about the football conference because we've played um, some teams in there. But 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 Campbell Football uh, in the CAA, the CAA is a conference that We'll get three or four. I believe they set a record with five last year. Yeah, last year getting into um, the tournament in in addition to their automatic qualifier of the of the team that wins the conference. Remember,
3: five out of twenty four teams. Yeah, it's not sixty four like March Madness that right. make the playoffs. Only twenty four, and your auto bids take up a good amount of that.
0: Yeah. So to to be an at large team is something they are usually one two or three in RPI when it comes to FCS and football so Campbell really really leveling up as they go to the to the CAA um, and they will be started now look the CAA isn't doing this uh, to be mean and to welcome the new guys or rather rudely Campbell and William and Mary had a home and home non-conference contract sign last year Campbell went up to William and Mary lost by three touchdowns. Then William & Mary went on to become a top 25 team that was the surprise of the CAA. They won the whole thing. They return a lot, especially on, on offense. They are a top five team in pretty much every poll that you see in the nation, top five in the nation. They're the pick to win again. So Thursday night, 7 o'clock here in Buies Creek, Campbell starts the season. They start their CAA conference season, and they start against the defending Champs and a top five team in the nation.
3: If that's not a reason to come to a Campbell football game, I don't know what is, right? Like homecoming and riding the camel is one thing, but good football, tailgating, Thursday night lights, no games in the triangle going on at the same time. Like that is literally the prime opportunity if you want to see Campbell football. What I would say too is, remember, William & Mary in that game last year, there were a couple pick sixes, there were a couple of turnovers. The final score did not indicate... Campbell was competitive in that game. And now you're going to look at Campbell's roster on defense this year, and you're going to go, who's that guy and where's that guy from? But they're really good. They're just different. A lot of 21 FBS transfers. You'll see a lot of them on defense. But William & Mary comes back with an offense that the way they run the ball with that quarterback and the dual halfback, it's difficult to stop. Like That's that's a problem. But these teams love to run the football. They're going to move quick. It could be a two-hour and 20-minute game because they both get to the line and they snap it. Remember, too, in college football, on a first down, the clock runs. It does not stop anymore, only within two minutes of the half and two minutes of the end of the game. So that will speed up the game a little bit. It's not college baseball changes, but the game will be more watchable as a fan this year.
0: Well, also that another thing that we really like about flow sports, there will be 12 less minutes yes! of in-game oh, media timeouts. Who so needs them? So 12 em? less minutes of in-game media timeouts. We still get the same amount of of commercial time, which is good for uh, our bottom line over there in athletics. Because those rundown be sheets less, are complicated yeah.
3: in the ESPN era yeah. of getting the four yeah. <laughs> timeouts per quarter, and they're each three minutes. Okay, good news, less yeah, timeouts.
0: Yeah, so uh, that was a surprise that I, that I had to bring. Look, we will – have a lot for you to break down about this football team as Monday night, it's our first Camel Call live show of the season. So that's the season where, so that's the show at the county seat every Monday from 6.30 to 7.30 at the county seat, our, our live podcast. Coach Miner will be there. It'll just be me and him for the whole hour, and we will ask him to break down the offense, to break down the defense. So that will be your preview. That um, will come out midweek every week this year as we will have that live-to-tape taping of it that will be on the podcast right here where you're listening to it, Camel Call Live. We invite you to come out. We're going to give away tickets to the game, the county seat right there in downtown Lillington, just five minutes from campus. It's a it's a fun show.
3: Home of the Raven Rock Burger, which is fantastic.
0: What's the Raven Rock Burger?
3: Well, imagine, okay, Raven Rock State Park, <laughs> right, which is right. right up the street sure. in Lillington. So the Raven Rock Burger is like this half-pound juicy tenderloin hamburger it is thick it's tenderloin it's right. delicious it's hard to describe on a podcast but lettuce tomato a little bit of mushroom if you want it i, I like dijon mustard on top but that's just me personally but the, the thick brioche bun it's a good burger
0: for those of you that are new evan really likes food and um luckily he works out a whole lot um you would think he would be um pushing 300 or 400 pounds if you're uh you're very fit you can't really see that on the radio. If this but, is the Dan
3: Patrick show, i 6'3", 230, and then the, like, the bell dings and goes <laughs> off.
0: I'm not. I have to watch what I eat. I need to exercise more. I'm old. Sorry. But it's a great show. Mike Minner will be there. He still looks like he's in plain shape. He, he really does. He puts me to shame, too. Like, I can talk about my age, but he's about my same age, and his biceps much bigger uh, than mine. But it'll be, it'll be a fun show, and, again, if you can't make it to the show, we'll have a live link. You can listen live, but then we'll post it um, on the podcast coming up. And then next week, we're going to tape this on Friday morning, so it'll come out Friday afternoon, and we can really break down what we hope is going to be uh, a good game against William & Mary. Look, look, I think when you take on a top-five team to begin the year, there's a lot of good things that go into it. If you hang with them, if you win – that's an unbelievable start to your season. If you lose, look, they're a team that's going to be the best team in a very good conference. That's your new conference, and uh, and you really get to see where you are early on.
3: That's the the good and bad part. I'd almost rather play them early in the year than in week 10 when William & Mary's rolling. Right now, though, you have the whole offseason to prep for that offense. You integrate a bunch of new players, and they get the fall camp to develop and grow, and then the health of Haj Malik Williams, guys, that's that is the biggest thing with this football yeah. team. When he is healthy, Campbell's record is exponentially better. Right now, he looks really good. He's a three-time captain, and he is ready to lead this offense.
0: Yeah, Hajmalik Williams, the returning quarterback for this Campbell team. He got injured halfway through the year last year, and, and there went Campbell's. Campbell's season so again this is a game for him as well probably at least turnover wise one of his roughest game of his college career he threw he threw three interceptions against William Mary. that would have been a much much closer game I think everybody's hanging on that and like we said look I I can't really tell you a, a lot what to expect but I know on paper There is the most talent that has ever been here on this team. You talk about the FBS transfers. There are a lot of guys that went to FBS schools. Most of them did not play a lot. And again, you have a youth movement, second straight year of the number one FCS high school recruiting class. So they will be put to the test on August 31st at 7 p.m. That game will be on Flow Sports. We'll also have live audio coverage for you.
3: To clear the confusion on Flow, You'll see like flow soccer, sure. flow football, flow basketball. It's a good point. When you purchase the flow account, you just type in Campbell and it pulls up the Campbell street. Yeah. So you don't have to buy eight subscriptions. It's it's one hundred dollar purchase, you know, considered a Christmas gift for your mom or something, and then you can watch all the Campbell games. But yeah. It's nice to have the year started, my friend.
0: It is. All of those uh, links uh, on gocamels.com. Good to be back for Evan. I'm Chris. Thank you so much for listening. Camel Call Live this Monday at 630 from the county seat. Have a great weekend, everybody.